0: Hello, thank you for joining us today for our part two series of Women in Medicine. My name is Kristen Steffen, and I'll be your host today as we take a deeper dive into what women are all about personally and professionally here at the Kirk Kikorian School of Medicine. Joining me today are two of my colleagues and dear friends, Miss Joanne Stroby and Miss Shirley Denson-Robinson. So I'm going to start with Shirley. Shirley Tell me about your journey. What brought you to the Kirk School of Medicine? Um,
1: I decided uh, after being away from Vegas 20 years to come back home. My grandchildren were growing up without me, and I didn't like it. (laughs) Um, In coming back, I had to make a decision on what type of work I wanted to do to finish out my career. And I chose UNLV, School of Medicine in particular, because I wanted to get involved at a grassroots organization. That was so cool uh, of an idea to me, a concept to me. Um, in addition to that, I was at a place where I knew I wanted to finish school. I made some decisions in, in early on that prevented me from finishing school and I decided what better way to do it than to come back, get involved, and go to school and finish at the same time. That's awesome. Good.
0: So switching gears, Ms. Joanne, tell me about your journey. Who brought you here to the Korean School of Medicine?
2: Well, that's, um, it was a very interesting
0: journey. I
2: spent 25 years at the School of Medicine in Tampa and I had done a lot of different roles. And I saw this, there's not that many medical schools that open up in the United States, maybe one a year, maybe one every five years and I thought you know that would really be interesting so I applied for the job and the dean at the time Barbara Atkinson the founding dean called me and we had a wonderful conversation and I thought to myself you know I've never worked for a woman I've never worked for a female dean and it was just fantastic speaking with her listening to her vision and so after 25 years my My children were in Tampa, my grandchildren were in Tampa. I decided I'm gonna come to Las Vegas and help start a new medical school and start a new journey.
0: I love it. So let's talk moms for a minute. I'll start with you, Joanne. Being a mom, what's it look like being a mom and being a working professional at the same time? I would say in the early days,
2: it was always anxiety. Who are you going to let down more was always your thought. Am I going to let down work? Am I going to let down my boss? Am I going to let down my children? You know, and it's difficult because when they're younger and they're involved in many activities, which you want them to be involved in, you can't be there for all those activities if you're a professional and you're expected to be at work. So it's just that juggle is, is very challenging for, mothers then if you happen to be a single mom it's even more challenging and I found myself in that position when the boys were young as well and so that also added a secondary component to how how do you you can't be you know the super oh yeah <laughs> and you you think you can do it all but it's very difficult
0: we have those good days we have those bad days and then we get up and we keep on going. Am I right, Shirley? Absolutely. So, Shirley, tell me a little bit about you and your being a mom and being a working professional. What's that been like for you?
1: A real juggling act. <laughs> and like Joanne was saying, I mean, you've got so many balls in the air. Sometimes you're afraid of which one is going to drop. Yeah. Um, because if you have children, and I did, and they were young, um, when I found myself divorced, it was difficult. I've felt I've always believed families first, and of course, my children had my priority. But as an administrative assistant, your priorities are at work, and they're and sometimes demanding, depending on that the level of administrative support that you give. The kids were very, very active. The boys were active in sports, mm-hmm. and they had some academic uh, some, uh, activities going on as well. And it, it was a real, a real juggling act. There was no time for me. Yeah. No time for me, but that wasn't important. Yeah. Very
0: important. I knew I felt at times that I was in a fog I was in this rinse and repeat. (laughs) Or maybe we call it Groundhog Day, where I would just be, get up, get going, commute to work, get the kids to the sports, get some dinner in them, make sure their homework's done, and rinse and repeat next day. And I just commend you both for that experience. I realized that the three of us have something in common beyond being moms. We are all grandmothers together, aren't we? Oh, yeah. And isn't that a fun stage of life?
2: Oh, very fun.
0: <laughs> it's nice to
2: um, hand that responsibility off when you can hug them and kiss them. <laughs> Kenny, okay, well, you get to take them
0: to now. It's a lovely experience. <laughs> I'm definitely new to the experience. My grandson is six months, but mm-hmm. I'm, I am sure enjoying that. And you too, right, Sean? I love it. I absolutely
1: love it. I absolutely love it.
0: So, tell me something that inspires you. Is it a person? Is it a place? Is it a thought? What inspires me
1: the most are my children and grandchildren. I'm I'm experiencing watching them grow up and learn, and the most amazing thing is watching my children make good choices. And I think I had something to do with that. Yeah. So that inspires me. And having their support in the things that I've chosen to do at this stage in my life, it inspires me to keep going and not stop. OK.
0: You, hey, Joanne, what inspires you? I think,
2: and I get kind of emotional, but the mission of this school is so important to this community. Yeah, it's, it sure is. So, you know, just this community deserves healthcare at the top of its line. And I wanna help, help get it there. And I think about it every day. Amazing. How are we gonna make
0: it better? Yeah. It means a lot to me. It, I came
2: here on a whim.
0: I came here from Florida because you inspired me to come here, to grow this community. And I feel that I've had a part of that because of you really encouraging them? me. People thought we were crazy, and you're going to Las Vegas, yes. but, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to go to Las Vegas. <laughs> I, But I've loved it. I've loved the challenges. I've loved the opportunities. I've loved growing a team here and there's so much more
2: to be done. I know there is. I just, mm-hmm. it is, it's endless. And I, this, the beautiful, you know, Kirk School of Medicine is just the, you know, first phase of really then developing and, you know, growing and bringing more physicians here, bringing more um, nurses, social workers, mental health professionals. Just we, we need all kinds of health care, and we need it to be at the top of the industry and we're gonna get there.
0: I love it. So circling back, Shirley, Joanne and I shared experience of coming and moving to Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. You're local. That's right. Tell me about what it's like for you to see, we're sitting right now in a brand new medical school building that was realized in just a couple years. Mm It's amazing. I, I was born and
1: raised here in Las Vegas, and I went away for 20 years, as I stated before, and coming back, it's not the same place. Yes. Wonderful. The growth, uh, it's, it's, it's immense. But being back here at this time in my life, mm. having healthcare is more important than ever before. Yeah. Ever before. And um, I was living in California Um, And, of course, they have more accessibility to health care than here. That was one of the things that struck me odd when I came back. Before when I left, there was an abundance of health care. I won't say an abundance, it just seemed that way, because the population was smaller. But now that we've grown and the population has exploded, finding good health care is a bit of a challenge, but it's a priority. And I'm hoping that with the growth of the School of Medicine practice plan, we'll be able to have and provide excellent health care for all ages and in every area of medicine. That's important, not just for me at this season, but it's important for my children, my grandchildren, and for those in the
0: community that I serve. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So switching gears... Question I always ask to like all women is about gender and gender bias. What do you think it's going to take to squash gender bias? It's a difficult
2: it's difficult to know because there are decisions that are made at times where you're not even at the table. You know and it it's not even conscious, I don't think, because I've worked for some wonderful men and some, you know, people that I respect highly. But again, if you're not invited to the golf course or you're not invited to the dinner meeting, um a lot of decisions get made at those kinds of meetings. I, I don't think um, it's always recognized that that's happening. Because I, I do feel respected in my role, and I do feel like when I'm at the table, I'm listened to. But you're not always at the table, mm-hmm. is what I've seen over the years. Um, you know, we've made a lot of progress in the gender, uh,
0: but there's still ways to go. For you, Shirley, how do we squash gender bias? Can't answer that.
1: I I can only speculate that when it's no longer the norm for men to be in positions that are typically run and held by men, when that's no longer the norm and it's acceptable that women occupy those seats as well, maybe the paradigm shift can take place.
0: So if I flip the coin, when do you feel most respected as a woman?
1: When I'm heard. Yeah. When I'm heard.
0: You know, Joanne mentioned having that voice at the table and how important that voice is at the table. And I think I certainly can relate to that. Mm, absolutely. Just being that valued colleague and team member mm-hmm. in any conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Dr. Netsky pointed out to me,
2: who is the chairperson of the board of directors of our practice plan, that we were on a call and we it was the board chair, the CEO of the practice plan, the IT director, and the CFO from Um, University Medical Center, and it was four women. Wow. And that was the first time she had ever been in that situation herself, where these four senior executive positions were held by female. And I think that says a lot about UNLV and no. a lot about uh, Dean Kahn and, and where we're going.
0: Isn't that remarkable?
2: It is. It is.
1: I thought when I came here that I would be um, serving as the executive assistant to a male. And I met Joanne and I was like... <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so it, it does make a difference. It does make a difference. It, it absolutely does. I, I think i role real Yeah, You yes. absolutely have to have hold on this. Yes. I was thinking of, you know, one of my questions today was about mentorship. You know, I've seen so many women look to a mentor who is in a position of authority over them. Mm-hmm. And what I've realized about mentorship as a woman is I receive mentorship from my colleagues. I can receive mentorship from my sons. I can receive mentorship from my boss. What is mentorship for you, Joanne? I agree with you.
2: It's setting the example, what what you want to be known for, what you want to be best at and what you want people to remember you and that you know, is prominent in your life, then people will recognize that and they will seek you out. Yeah. And it's just, you know, be passionate about what you do. And people will come and talk to you about, you know, how they can grow and how they can learn. And also you you have to be willing to, you know, reach out to folks Mm -hmm. that you see are, hurting or challenged or pushed them a little bit. Hey, the desert
0: is a great place to live. <laughs> You're going to love it. I love the desert. Oh. I love it here. If I was a beach girl, right, if I was a beach girl, it, didn't, it took a little bit of convincing, but, <laughs> but
2: not, the to the flip, not, you know, taking a leap of faith is challenging and you have to have you you have to have some support to do it it's hard to do it alone so if you're going to challenge yourself to do something unique there needs to be a role model and there needs to be somebody there that can help you take that leap of faith I encourage you you can do it you can get there you know everybody's afraid
0: it's going to be okay it's going to be okay. it's going to be okay Yeah. yeah. Tell me about mentorship for you. Um,
1: at my core, I guess, like I said before, a servant leadership, and as an executive assistant, that's support. That's a support role, um, and so you you lead by example, not only in your work but in your attitude, um, and extending extending the support wherever it's needed, whether you're uh, in your administrative role and sometimes you have to jump out of that role into other roles. Um authorities
0: oh, as a side, right?
1: Well yeah that too. <laughs> but absolutely <laughs> you, you do it without losing sight of the bigger picture. That and that makes the difference. Um whether uh that role is above where you are or below where you are. Right. You move into those roles and hope that someone else sees your example um i'm expecting not only my children but the people that i lead whether it's in ministry uh in community to see what i'm doing to see the attitude in which i do it and want to do that and better yes i love it and that's what mentorship is leading by example being that person and then being available to assist them
0: absolutely absolutely i so you and I have talked a little bit about this before today, mm-hmm. but let's talk about life pivots. Mm-hmm. I'm so bad. I know about a life pivot, and I'd like you to share your story a little bit with us that you're having in your life.
1: Right now, I'm pivoting and going back to school.
0: And What, you, what are you going back to
1: school for, Shirley? I'm going back to school. Um, at this age, I'm preparing for retirement, actually. Uh, my passion is to serve people in, in, in ministry, and earning my degree at this point will help me do that. Um, it will also open some doors for me here in my work life as well, but but that's the driving force. Um, I made a decision years ago, I had a full ride scholarship right out of high school, and I made a decision not to return, just not to go, Family was more important to me, and leaving my family at that time, I just didn't want to do it. I don't know if that was fear or I just didn't want to do it. Um, I got married very young, and when I decided the first time to go back to school, um, I didn't have the support that I needed. Uh, And then when the availability, the, the opportunity came, I had young children so i had to do what i needed to do then when the opportunity came again those children were at an age where they were preparing to go to school and it was important to me that they do that they do what i didn't do um i encouraged it and i supported it now i find myself my children are adults it's my turnout that's right and so this is my pivot going back to school and I am determined to finish. Now, what degree are you getting? I am uh, going in my, uh, for bachelor's in um, urban studies. Fantastic,
0: and when's your anticipated graduation date? Spring 2024. Yes, girl. Congratulations, you are so close. I am determined, and I have to go at a slower pace because I am
1: working full-time, and I am in full-time ministry as well. Wow. So it is, it's gonna take some time, but I'm good with that. I'm not gonna stop. I have no reason to, and I'm determined. I have the support of my family, and I have the support of my boss. Mr. Turan, <laughs> it's good to have that. The support makes the difference and achieving and not achieving. Yeah. And um, I do have a good support system.
0: So I'm excited about it. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Joanne, tell me about some life pivots. Tell us a good story. A good story.
2: I'd say that um, for 10 years of my higher education life, I was in, on the main campus. And had a lot, a lot of different administrative uh, positions and roles, um, but I had the opportunity to interview at the medical school in Tampa, and I was nervous and afraid because I didn't know anything about healthcare. And I went and spoke with the dean, and he was looking for assistant dean of finance, and. I felt that I could do it, and I felt that um, I had the credentials to do it, but you still have the fear that, you know, what am I going to bring to the table? But I did um, interview, and I was offered the position, and I thought, how cool is this? I'm going into a new industry almost. And the nice thing about higher ed and healthcare is it really brings the higher education and the education environment and the business environment together. Together, yeah. And it's it's a very unique field and it's a very challenging field and obviously mission driven. But that was a great decision for my career but it wasn't without anxiety. Mm-hmm. And those are things I try to tell individuals um, as I talk to them, you know, it's like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, think about it. If you're making a big decision to move to a different state or move to a different company or move to a different area, it'll tell you something about yourself. It, maybe you won't like it, but that will tell you more about yourself. Only doing and staying in one lane your whole life, you'll mm-hmm. never know if,
0: you know, what you could have perfected. I feel like I have grown the most when I've been challenged the most.
1: Absolutely. When
0: I've feared the most. Mm-hmm. I think those have been the moments in my life when undoubtedly I have grown beyond measure. And one of the things I think of now as I sit here talking to such wonderful women as yourselves is the power of resilience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Joanne, you said this to me once, that I, I remember us having a conversation about resilience and what it means, and that you felt, you said, that I embodied resilience. How have you been resilient in your life?
2: You know, some of the You know getting divorced was a you know one of the worst times of my life Mm -hmm. and you think you're a failure and you know but something else happens where you think you know I'm moving forward it's learning from whatever challenges that you have and trying to not make the same mistakes again and Those are all journeys we take. It's when you keep doing the same thing over and over again, and not good results happen. Mm -hmm. You haven't learned from that process. And I think it's challenging when we're in an environment where we don't control everything. You can only control yourself and your actions, and somebody's bad behavior doesn't necessarily need to mean that you should behave badly. And so I think that's a lesson, you know, that I've learned through very difficult times in my life personally and professionally, where believe in yourself, believe in the next phase, recognize you're gonna make mistakes, learn from those mistakes and move on. And, and don't hold grudges. And it's not going to prepare you well for the next phase. It sure does, you. So true. So true.
1: Overcoming the fear, you know, especially when you've been told um, for various reason, reasons uh, that you can't do it. You, you can't make it or you're not good enough or you're not the right race whatever for whatever overcoming that fear and doing it in spite of that's resilience to me and sticking to it being determined and that's that has been the biggest hurdle for me even in going back to school you know i've been i've had people say why now <laughs> you know what's it going to do for you now it's something i wanted for myself it's for me. And it's for me. Exactly. It's no for No one me. takes that away. That's right. That's right. I'm not willing to surrender my dream or give up on my dream because of something that someone else says or thinks. It's mine. And it's my choice. I'm proud of the choices that I made years ago. It afforded me to see my children get uh, an education. And I'm proud of them. They're doing well. Um, But there's still time for me. Even now, there's still time for me. So hanging in there in spite of the fear, in
0: spite of the naysayers, that's important. So you reflect upon your life and you go back a little ways. What would you tell that 25-year-old self? (laughs) Do
1: it now, don't wait, do it mom. Simple as that. Because there were opportunities in time at 25 that I could have started again then. And I was too afraid. I just didn't see it happening for me. Yeah. And I allowed what I was told and what was said of me to stop me so I would tell me at 25 do it
0: now do it afraid and see dust yourself off keep it going that's right that's right yeah okay so looking back what would you tell your 25 year old self I think
2: when you decide you're going to take a pause in school it's very difficult to start back mm-hmm absolutely and life gets in the way. It just does. And so I've al- I, I, reg- I always wanted to get my PhD and I didn't, and then everything got in the way. Mm. And I, you know, you you only have yourself to blame, but it is, there is life. Yeah, and absolutely. It, it, um, the expectations people have of you, mm-hmm. the roles you play, the positions you hold, it, it challenges everything about you. I see people that multitask and do all kinds of, I mean, I'm, <laughs> Shirley is Surely a true <laughs> multitasker, and I'm always impressed by how much um, she gets done in a in a week, And uh, but it's difficult. And so uh, I would have told myself, stay at school, get it done.
0: I I totally feel the same sentiment. I went back and got two master's degrees in my thirties, and I said, I can't, I can't grind like this forever, Mm -hmm. but in five years, I got two masters and was working and had two sons and like you both, I experienced divorce and Mm -hmm. I was just like, I've got to make this better for me. I've got to keep going. And I think that's the sentiment that I want us to reflect upon as we share our stories because it's, it's so incredible what we've been through, but I hope it can inspire others. So a fun question. It's 10 a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> what are you going to be doing on, on a typical Saturday at 10 a.m., Shirley?
1: Uh, ministry. <laughs> That's been the norm on Saturdays. Unfortunately, that's, that, but that's my passion. I, I love it. It's, it's, it's who I am. So um, ministry, whether so that's you know, training, whether that's uh, supporting uh, a ministerial event, uh, or speaking engagement, that's what it is, Saturday. That's that's the Saturday. Saturday.
0: 10 a.m. on a Saturday, Joanne. I'm usually um,
2: at yoga class. My weekends I do try to do healing things for myself and I do Pilates or yoga and Saturdays my yoga class and I love it and it just brings me inside and helps me just re-energize for the week ahead and it's something I do just for myself. Oh,
1: I love that. I love that.
2: I'd like to do more of that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I became really good friends with her now. And so it's, it's, you know, she's, she's, she sees the world in such a different, Lightful. Light um, yes. And I see it in numbers, and, <laughs> you know, she sees it in, you know, Zen and, you know, going to another spiritual place. And it's just nothing that I've really allowed myself to do. And it's just been really a wonderful experience for me. Oh.
0: Okay. One last question What's your word or your phrase for 2023?
1: Soar. I'm soaring. No limits. No boundaries. I'm doing it. I'm getting it done. And I will not stop until I have done everything I want to do. That I've set goals to do.
2: I love it. Julia. Don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to try. I, I tell young people that. I tell people that are In the prime of their life, and you can, you can do this, and and don't be afraid.
0: Fantastic! I've enjoyed our time together. Me too. It's been great. (gasps) Thank you, Fred. Thank you.
2: Thank you. you. No tears. No, no, no. no, no. Thank you. Thank
0: you, Fred.